Welcome everybody, hello, hello, and welcome. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger, and we do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern for those that don't know where the mountains are. Thanks for joining us. I have some cool stuff to talk to you about. Again, there's a lot to cover. Um, so I had to make notes again today with the warehouse construction and everything that's happening. Uh, it's just a lot to remember. So I'm having to note stuff down. Plus, I guess I'm getting old, right? Um, anyway, we'll start with our shipping report as per usual. And then uh, we'll talk about the giveaway. I think it's going to be an interesting giveaway this week. Um, tell you some new fish that are coming available this Friday and some cool happenings um, that we've been working on as a company to make it even better, to make the supply chain better um, to receive fish. So there's some other stuff too, but that's the main highlight. So let's start with the shipping report. While I'm giving that, if someone could let me know uh, at one of the mods if audio is okay and, and such. Um, but I'm going to start the shipping report, which is kind of perfect, but not quite. So everyone has arrived alive, as far as I know. There was one customer that got a, an order of rainbows, and two of them, he reported, seemed stressed when they arrived. So I, I think they're going to pull through. He's stressed, like, you know, rapid breathing, things like that. But um, hopefully they pull through. Hopefully he's just stressed from shipping. But... You know, we'll keep in contact with that customer and see. He did report later that one of them seemed to be much, much better. So hopefully the other one settles down soon as well. So not quite perfect yet, um, but I'll find out in the next couple of days how those fish do. Apart from that, though, I think everything arrived alive and no signs of, of issues that I've been made aware of anyhow. Um, and it actually... It put things in perspective for me a little bit. I think the norm in this industry is that fish arrive stressed and breathing rapidly and, and all that. And so the fact that this is an exception actually made me think, hey, we're doing stuff okay. Because this isn't the normal thing. This was an exception. It's, it's usually um, not something that's reported. And this is a customer that um, I believe is probably ordered from me I'm going to say off the top of my head at least eight times. It could be a dozen. I'm not sure. And this is the first time, as far as I know, that there's been any anything at all that was like, hey, I should tell Dan about that. So um, the fact that it's so rare just made me think, yeah, that's. I don't want the fish to ever experience that. But the fact that that's the worst problem that we had this week um, and almost never have anything like that ever made me think we're doing stuff okay. So that's the shipping report. Um, I do need to say there is no live stream next week. I will be in Los Angeles um, working on the business, getting some supply chain things in order. And I'll talk to you about that in detail as we go on. But I just want to mention that up front. I'll mention that a few times throughout the stream today in the hopes that everyone gets the message. Um, so I've got a note to myself here to mention that several times. No live stream next week. For me, I'll just be out of town working. I'll get in those details in a moment. Let's get to the giveaway. So the giveaway tonight is for two really cool fish. And the reason I'm giving them away is A, they're really cool, but B, I need to clear some tanks because we have a big import coming in next week. And I have one Chromitotilapia gunthry. I'll tell you about this fish in a moment. I'll tell you about it right now. 
This is chromitid tilapia gunthri. It is a West African version of a geophagus, basically. So you could call this maybe an African earth eater. They have a lot of the same behavior. They sift the sand and things like that. They have the downturned mouth. Um, they're quite peaceful. So about the same temperament, let's say, as a geophagus. They can be in community tanks just fine. And I think it's going to be a good fish for someone, a nice centerpiece type fish. I don't know the sex because I've only seen one of these alive in person ever in my life. It's the one I have right now. In the Nigeria order, a random cichlid showed up. It was in its own separate bag and there was no label or anything. And it's taken me a while to find the time to uh, send it out and get a proper ID because I couldn't find it on my own. So I've, I've sent out pictures of the fish and I, I believe the ID came back, Chromita tilapia gunthri, which makes sense because there's a lot of them in Nigeria where my order was coming from. Um, and uh, personally, I don't know well enough, but I'm just taking the word of the experts. <laughs> so I'm pretty darn sure it's this fish. The fish is currently about, I want to say about four inches, three to four inches, let's say. So it's a good, si good sized fish. I don't know the sex. The second thing we'll be giving away today is Hemichromus elongatus. It's the five-star general. And um, let's find an accurate picture of these guys. Well, I have to say this is fairly accurate. Um, well, no, you can't see the red on them. Hmm. This is as good as they get right here, I would say. Although they do get a red line up on top. That's not here. None of these pictures are showing this fish right. Hmm. Well, they look something like this. <laughs> this kind of red line up here. They're called the five-star general because of these uh, spots on the body. Five stars. And they're very spangly. And they do have run lines of red dots that run down between these iridescent scales, which just are not showing up well. <laughs> look at what they did here. Let's just saturate the heck out of it. That'll make it better. <laughs> Jeez. Now, the, this fish is also... I have one in a tank and I, I am looking to clear out the tank space so I can put other fish in that tank when the import comes next week. That's why I'm doing two fish this week. And um, this one is also three to four inches, let's say, but it is not peaceful. This is a jewel cichlid and has the typical attitude of a jewel cichlid. So it can go in a community tank if the community is made up of other aggressive fish. Um, cichlids and, and stuff like that can that can hold their own. Maybe some, you know, catfish that are armored well enough. But don't put the uh, five-star general, the Hemichromus elongatus, in your nice planted community tank with your tetras and your your other fish like that. They they can be quite aggressive. So how we're going to do this today is we're going to start by giving away the chromitid tilapia gunthri because it's nice and peaceful, and I think most people could keep it. It's only going to eat your other fish if they like easily fit in its mouth, right? It's not going to go out of its way to thrash anything, at least from what I've read and what people have told me. Again, this is the only one I've ever had, so I don't know that much about it. Um, so we'll let this one ride. So the first giveaway is Chromita tilapia gunthri, basically an African earth eater type fish. And... We'll draw that later in the stream, and then we'll do a second drawing just for the five-star general, and, and be like towards the end, 
last five minutes or so so that I can tell people again, hey, this is aggressive. Don't get it unless you have a tank that has other aggressive fish. You could put it in, you know, because um, I don't want someone to accidentally end up with it. So that's how we're going to run the giveaway today. And we're going to start with this is for the chromitid tilapia gun thry. Hashtag cichlid. <laughs> Very difficult, I know. So if you'd like to win one three to four inch chromitid tilapia gun thry West African earth eater, um, enter hashtag cichlid in the chat and you will be entered to do that. All right, that's item number two. Let's keep going down our list here. I did receive some amazing fish from a hobbyist breeder that lives here in Wyoming. Um, they're now out of quarantine, so I'll be posting them shortly. The first one is Odessa barbs, but not just any Odessa barbs. These are the Greg Sage Select Aquatics line Odessa barbs. So the parents of these fish were from Greg Sage, and this is the F1 generation um, of the Sage line. So if you don't know, Greg Sage has been working with this fish for many years and has been selecting for color and good body shape and good finish and, and all that. So his Odessa barbs have a reputation of being the prettiest in the nation, um, if not the world, because he's actually dedicated time to work the line. So that's they're good quality fish. And those, I'll be giving away some of those, not next week because we'll be out of town, but the following week, just to give you a little primer on what to expect when we come back. Um, I also received some hobbyist bred and raised neon dwarf rainbows, and they're, they're a mix of aquarium strain and pagai. So basically what that means is they're not locality pure, but they've got good genetics. They're they're a mix of aquarium strain plus a known strain. So you have, it's not hybrid vigor because they're the same species and everything, but you have two unrelated lines that have been bred together. So the, the offspring are robust basically is what I'm trying to say <laughs> in a horribly roundabout way. <laughs> Sometimes professor Dan comes out and he just rambles. He's like, I got a three hour class. <laughs> How am I going to fill this today? <laughs> So that's the uh, giveaway for not next week because I won't be here, but the following week. We do have some new fish available, so let's get into that. And then we're going to get into some really exciting stuff. Well, some of these are exciting. So we have two species of archer fish. There are two species of freshwater archer fish in this world that I'm aware of anyway. One is the small scale archer fish and the other is the Burmese clouded archer fish. I've been able to get the Burmese clouded archer fish and keep it, and it's done really well for me. Um, but I've never been able to get the small scale archer fish until now. Now we've got some. And they're doing well. They're eating like little pigs. And I'm really excited to try another species of freshwater archer fish. As far as I know, the only other one. <laughs> so those um, have been listed. I don't have a picture yet because they're so new to me. Um, I've only had them for a couple of weeks, a little like 16 days at this point. So I haven't got any pictures or anything, but they are listed. We got some more Madaka rice fish. I'll be listing those, um, probably this Friday morning. And it's not cause I'm waiting longer because there's anything wrong with them. It's just cause 
I don't know if we'll find the time between now and then, but sometime between now and Friday morning, I'll list more of the uh, Miyuki white Madaka rice fish. Um, we also got more Burmese clouded archer rice fish. So now we have both species of freshwater uh, rice fish. I'm sorry, archer fish. Uh, both species of freshwater archer fish available. And they're, they're around two inches right now maybe a little over, maybe a tiny bit less on, on the smallest ones. They ship really well at two inches, so that's a great size to get them at. We also got another Madaka rice fish that I, I'm trying, is the, is the Galaxy. Basically what it is, is it's like a white Miyuki without the Miyuki. So it's a white fish without the Miyuki stripe on the back, that, that iridescent neon stripe. So I have some of those, um, again, I'll be listing those sometime between now and Friday morning. A whole bunch of orange Venezuelan quarries uh, got a nice big batch of those and they're doing great. So those are available. And um, I think that's about it. The other thing that, that I did bring in, but isn't ready to be released yet. So I probably shouldn't even say it because people will email me like crazy, um, is the humpback limias. Um, I was able to find a source for some and brought some in. I'm just going to give them another week because live bears uh, lately, um, and by lately I mean in the last decade or so, have needed some extra TLC, um, and so I don't. I, I just don't want to take any chances with them. They came in an okay shape, but for the first couple of days, well, the first week really, they were they were touch and go. Um, now for about a a week they've been much much better but i want to give them at least another week to make sure that they're going to really thrive for you but i do have some humpback limias um that i hope to be able to release soon for sale all right so that's the new fish that are available okay something that is very exciting let me talk about this supply chain and the trip i'm taking to los angeles next week and why so there's an issue with the supply chain in this industry, um, which is fish go through six to nine different hands easily through the supply chain before they get to the end consumer. And so each time they change hands from a collector to an amalgamator to a broker to an exporter to, you know, all those things, um, it's another chance for something to go wrong. Uh, another chance to have an issue. And it's pretty long supply chain. The time period can be long. One thing we're working at here at Dan's Fish to try to make it so that healthier fish are introduced to our customers is shorten that supply chain. And we've done that. I'm buying directly from the collector and breeder of most of my fish. There are times when I can only find a specific fish at a typical wholesaler, transshipper or something. But in general, most of my fish I'm getting directly from the breeder or directly from the collector. Um, and it's been that way for almost a year now, which has been really nice. So we've shortened the supply chain a lot already, which means the fish are in transit a lot less time and um, go through less hands. And so they get here quicker and in better shape. But there's always been one part of the supply chain that I've never been able to fix. And it is this, when the fish come in the United States from wherever they're being imported from, I hire a broker um, because legally you have to have a broker if you're 
importing a certain dollar amount worth of any goods. Um, and we want to do everything legally. So I've, I've had to hire brokers um, and, and agents and other people that will um, accept the official on my behalf, clear them and everything, and then send them on to me. The issue I keep running into is I can't find anyone that really cares about the fish to do this job. And that is reflected in the job they do. So supposedly they are paid, what, what I'm hiring them to do is clear customs and clear the fish and wildlife inspection. I'm also paying them to then do 100% water change on the fish so that any ammonia that's built up in the bag is mitigated, um, any, any bad water is taken care of because that's the number one thing that hurts fish during the supply chain is just the water in the bag. Oops, my phone. I, I got to turn off my volume here. The water in the shipping bag uh, gets stale or gets ammonia buildup and just goes wrong, basically. Or it just gets so darn many um, protozoans and other microorganisms growing in it that um, bacteria and such that they consume all the oxygen and the fish just don't get enough oxygen. There's all kinds of things that can go wrong with old water in a bag. And so part of what I paid these people to do is change the water before they send them to me, but they're not doing it. Um, I know that because I can tell by the color of the water in the bag, um, how the bag is clasped. Like if it's, if it's coming with metal clasps and I know that this person uses rubber bands and the metal clasps are still on there. And I know they don't have a band machine, a, a metal clasp machine, let's say, um, then it's very obvious. So I've just never been able to find anyone that cared and was willing to do it right. But I have now. So I've, I've uh, an old friend of mine recently moved back to Los Angeles. That's where I used to know him. Um, he's an expert aquarist. He's kept lots of stuff that I've only drooled over in my day. Um, he used to work at a wholesaler um, for several years in Los Angeles. So he knows the industry well. He also used to run an exhibit at the Shedd Aquarium um, in Chicago. And so he, he's been a professional aquarist in his life as well. He recently moved back to Los Angeles. So I got a hold of him. I explained the problem. And he said, I'll be that guy. So now what we're going to do is I'm going to fly out to Los Angeles tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, next week. Um, we'll fly out Monday, Tuesday, we'll spend the day getting this person all set up. We'll get them all the equipment they need to do this successfully and start aging water. Wednesday, the shipment comes in, um, the broker will clear it and then they will drop it off at this person's location where this person, let's call him Mr. X, <laughs> where Mr. X will then, um, change the water and I'll be there with them, you know, doing it all together. So we all are on the same page and everything. And then we'll put them back in the box and the broker will take them then back to the airport and send them on. So we've just inserted someone into the process that really cares, really knows fishes and is an expert and will do things to our standard. So this is the first time we've been able to find that person and make it work. So I'm very excited. Um, it's going to be a heck of a week because I'll fly to LA. We'll do all that. Then the fish start coming here Wednesday. I have to hop on a plane Wednesday so that I can come here and be here when the fish arrive. And then we're going to be unboxing and unpacking <laughs> fish 
all Wednesday night into Thursday. So it's going to be a, a heck of a thing, but I think it's going to be worth it. I, Jonathan and I are very, and Mandy are very excited because um, Jonathan's seen me go through this pain point for years. Um, I'm, he's right here. That's why I'm looking that way. Um, and just constant frustration of, okay, I tried another person. It's supposed to be a professional, right? Says that they're going to change the water, says they're going to do this and that. And they, they don't. They just take them and send them on to me because it's easier. Um, they say they've changed the water. They definitely charge me for it, but it's, it's obvious on our end it hasn't happened. So Mr. X is someone I know. I know that they're a passionate aquarist. I know they care and I know they have the expertise. So I'm going to go and get them the equipment. And I think we'll have solved one of the biggest problems in the supply chain. So very excited. Um, let's see here. So that's why there's no, no live stream next week. For those that are just joining, I'll be in Los Angeles uh, working on getting this all set up and then run, rushing back here late Wednesday night to receive the fish and unpack them. So there's just no way we're going to be able to do a live stream um, on Wednesday of next week. But the following week we will and we'll have an awesome giveaway. Um, another cool thing is that we've been working on a standalone website for Dance Fish for a while just because we think it'll be a better opportunity for us to tell our story uh, instead of being in, in just a marketplace. So we'll keep selling on Get Gills as well, but we'll also make a standalone website. That is now launched. It's an early version, but it's fully functional. And you'll notice it looks a lot like Get Gills. <laughs> um, it has a lot of the same functionality and all that as Get Gills. Now, um, we're still working on building an API that will allow us to um, make the DanceFish website infinitely more flexible so we can add whatever we need to it. Um, a video section, a blog section, a, I don't know, a forum section if we wanted, any of that stuff, right? Um, and that's coming. So this is kind of DanceFish version one and it works just fine. We think if you try it and you find a problem, let us know, <laughs> please. But we've tested it like crazy and we think it works good. Um, if you already have an account at getgills.com, then if you go to the new dancefish.com, you can still log in using your getgills credentials. So your username and password is the same for dancefish and getgills. So we're not trying to make you have more work. Um, you can use your email and password or username and password. It'll work just fine. So, um, that is pretty exciting because it's going to allow us to do some really cool things with our affiliates and to tell our story better. Um, to that end though, the website will be down both get gills and dance fish tonight at midnight, uh, mountain time for Jonathan's hoping 20 minutes. Let's call it a couple hours. We, we don't know for sure, but for a little time, um, so that we can finalize a couple things and do some updates. Um, and other things we need to do uh, to both websites. So just a little bit tonight at midnight um, mountain time. Two other quick things that are exciting. <laughs> there might be more, but for now, just two. <clears throat> One is I think the building pad is done. So our new uh, fish warehouse that we're building um, <clears throat> 
Um, they've been working on it really hard for oh a while now, and it looks like the building pad is finally completed, which is awesome. So the next step is to frame up for cement and then do the under slab slumming work and then pour the cement. So that's going to take probably, I'm not even going to guess how long that's going to take. <laughs> I was going to guess two weeks, but I've, I've learned you never know with construction. But anyway, it's awesome to, I know it sounds like a small thing, but to go out and actually see the pad done and be able to see the actual dimensions of the building in the space and stuff has been exciting for us. Um, even though it just looks like a big pile of smoothed out dirt. <laughs> um, another thing is our big carbon filters arrived, which is awesome. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the media bags were spilled. So we spent a few grand on the proper carbon for these. These are big eight foot tall, massive filter units. There's two of them. And we had to get special carbon for them and a special grade of, uh, of gravel for them to make the filters work. And it cost a ton. And one bad thing is that in the transit process, some of those bags of media were torn open and spilled all, all over. So not a huge deal. The company will, you know, replace it. They'll send us replacements. It just means it'll, it'll take a, a few weeks, I would imagine, for those to to reach us. But I don't think that'll hold up the, the construction because we're not going to be ready to put those in until the slab is completed anyway. So I think we're fine. Just a little hiccup, but it was awesome to see those big carbon filters. Uh, we'll be sharing pictures on Instagram and things and we'll, we'll eventually get a good video for you guys when there's enough stuff to make an actual video of some substance. Um, and then the last thing is um, the new tanks were delivered uh, last week. The, the rest of them, except for one pallet that was missing, and that is coming this week. So we almost have all our aquariums that we need for the warehouse, um, and that's awesome. So that's what's going on here. The warehouse building project is moving along, and the equipment for the warehouse is moving along. The supply chain is getting better and better all the time, and I'm, I'm stoked. This has been a problem forever. I can't tell you how frustrating it's been when you hire someone and they say they're going to do something and then they don't and, and it affects the health of your fish. It's not just annoyance. It's not like if it was hardware, it'd be like, okay, no biggie, like whatever, we'll deal with it. But we're talking about lives here. And um, it's been hard for us to be as good as we could be. We're pretty good, but it's, it's been hard for us to be as good as we want to be. And we could be just because, there's always been that one link in the supply chain that we could not fix. I think we finally fixed it. So that's cool. Anyway, lots of cool stuff. Um, with that, though, I think that we should probably get to what's that's what's going on with us. We should get to what's going on with you guys. If you have questions or comments for us, we'll take those now. You can leave them um, in chat. And uh, you do that by typing the at symbol Dan's fish. If you do that. These bright orange boxes will show up and I will see them easily as I'm scrolling through chat looking for things to comment on and, and, uh, and respond to. So if you do that, it will, be, uh, it will be helpful in managing the chat. Um, and any questions or comments about fish, fish keeping, whatever we're talking about, breeding fish, raising fish, building fish rooms. Um, I don't know much about plants and I don't know much about salt water, but most other things I can, 
I can generally help out on. Sometimes I can't, and I'll just tell you. I don't know. I've never done that. <laughs> maybe and maybe someone in chat has, right? So we try to be a place that we only talk about things um, if we're confident of what we're saying. Like we have personal experience or or have observed like a friend keep a fish or something. We, we try not to just repeat all the stuff that's been passed on for decades um, and is now in Facebook feeds and in literature, even um, just all those kind of myths and lore that have been passed on so long that everyone believes them, but, but no one knows the source. <laughs> no one can say <laughs> where that study was done or where that came from. Right. It's just lore basically. So we try to be a, a little more reliable information source than that. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes I give misinformation. I never mean to, but I try really hard not to. So if we don't know something, we'll just tell you and move on. But most things we can talk about. Okay. So I want to thank my mods because we're about to get into the discussion phase and that generally keeps them pretty busy. So mods, thanks for being here. Thanks for doing what you do. Everyone be nice to the mods. If you hassle them, they're instructed to ban you like forever. We just, just be a good guest. <laughs> if, if I say something wrong or the mod says something wrong or anyone says something wrong, feel free to correct them, of course, but let's do it in a civil manner. <laughs> okay. Let's be, let's be good to our people. They're volunteers and they do a great job. With that, let's get to questions and comments. Okay. Swamp Thing. Hey, good to see you, Swamp Thing. Interna international shipments must be tough, but the first fish shipment I received from you were breeding six hours after I put them in the tank. If only they all came like that. It, that's what we're trying to get to. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm glad to hear that, that they did well for you in breeding six hours after you put them in the tank. That's awesome. And that's usual. Um, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's shocking. What is the word? It's always like, unexpected um, when a shipment doesn't go perfectly, honestly. Like when someone reaches out, hey, some of these are DOA. It's like, what? That doesn't happen in months. <laughs> it's, it's, we shipped thousands of fish and not, that hasn't happened. Um, or the, the report I got today, which was they came and everyone's alive, but there's two of them that are breathing pretty heavy. They seem stressed. Like, the fact that that's an exception makes me feel good. And I'm glad to hear that yours were doing good. And in Swamp Thing, that's kind of what I'm trying to get to. It's going to take a little more work. We're going to have to get a little bigger, well, quite a bit bigger, um, big enough to the point where we can make demands of more suppliers, basically, um, to say, this is how we want it done. And it'll be worth it them. It'll be worth it to them to do that because we'll be big enough of a customer that they'll want to keep the account, right? So there's there's some growth we have to do to do this all the time. But that's the ultimate goal. What you guys experience when you get fish from me is what I want to experience when I get fish from my supplier. So the fish never goes through a period that's just like you know hell for it, just stressful and bad and and. Uh, unhealthy for it. Right. So that's what I want to get to with the supply chain. And I can't do it with everyone. Not everyone is willing, but I have found two very good exporters at this point um, 
who are also passionate about the fish and care about the fish and are willing to do things like I have an exporter from Nigeria that I the last Nigeria shipment I got, I told him about it and told him the issues and stuff. And he and I talked and um, he's now willing to individually bag all the fish he sends me. So the next shipment I get from him, every fish should be individually bagged and that's going to cost more. And that cost will be passed on to the customers, but the fish are not going to suffer, right? The difference of getting this bag that's this big, right? With a few hundred fish in it and the water's like so cloudy, you can't see through it and the fish are gasping and stuff. That experience for the fish versus getting them properly done to where they come. And of course there's some stress, but they aren't like, on the edge of life and death, I think it's worth paying more for that experience for the fish. So I told the supplier, I, I told him, I'll, I'd be willing to pay 50% to 100% more per fish if you can bag them individually. And, and they thought they, that could cover their costs. And so we're going to make that work. So um, it's not going to be for everyone. And at first it might, you know, there are different kinds of customers. There's customers that... Different things are important to different customers. For some, it's just price. Whatever the cheapest price is, that's always what they're going to buy. Um, for some, it's speed. How fast is this going to get to me? And for some, it's I care about the animal and I want quality and I, I you know, want everything we're trying to do. So there is a, a customer base for us, but I, I don't think we're going to be for everyone, at least not until we make such a difference that the it becomes a norm and people start expecting it. I mean, it's, we got some work to get to that, to where people are like, wait a minute, I got fish and they're stressed out and they're, the water's cloudy and they weren't insulated. And it's a bad experience for the fish and for me, right? Once that becomes an exception, then we'll be able to make a, we'll have made the impact that we're trying to make. That's, that's our mission to get to that point until then it's, the, the bar is so low. Like if the fish arrive alive, people are impressed. Um, it, the basic things that should be happening. And if any of those happen, first time customers are often very impressed. And I think that should be the norm. I think that should be the, the bottom of the bar, <laughs> you know, where, where the expectation is. So anyway, that's what we're working for. Fisher Aquatics saying, Hey, Hey, right back at you. Scary Terry. Hey, hey, fish friends. What's going on? Good to see you, Scary Terry. Thanks for being here. Swamp Thing, are the Toxodus microlepis true freshwater fish or do they do best long term in brackish? So this is my first time ever keeping them. So it's hard to speak from personal experience. But from everything I've read, they are true freshwater fish. Now, they do come from both um, types of habitats. But my understanding from the supplier is that these come from pretty far upriver. So these should be a, a pure freshwater fish. Now, I'll be learning with you guys because this is my first time with them. So um, if, if we send them out to, I don't know how many customers, 10 different customers or whatever, and within a few months or something, everyone's having problems with them, then we'll know, you know what, these aren't as fresh water as the reports say, and we'll learn together and we'll know that about this species. But right now, um, they are 
shown um, or, or said to be a pure freshwater fish. But like I can say that for sure about the clouded archers, not just because there's literature that supports it, but from personal experience, I know they do well long-term in freshwater, not just freshwater. My water is soft, like two degrees hardness, under two degrees hardness. So they not just, they don't only do well in freshwater, but even soft water. But until I've kept these for a while or sent them out to customers and they've kept them for, you know, long-term, I won't know for sure from personal experience, but I've read enough literature from sources that are legitimate enough that I believe that it's true. Yeah. Uh, fish tank barn, are there just professional customs brokers or are they fish specific? So both, um, any customs broker from what I understand, and I've always just looked for, you know, fish ones, but from what I understand, any customs broker, um, can do multiple types of products. We're calling fish products for the purposes of this discussion right here. <laughs> um, but most aren't willing. So there are customs houses that kind of tend to specialize in live animals. Um, and that's, that's who I've been using is those houses. The other ones you talk to them and, and they're uncomfortable with the whole thing. They're, they, they just don't want to deal with any of the liability of, of dealing with live things, which is totally understandable if that's not your wheelhouse, right? So there's both. There's customs brokers that, that don't specialize that could do it. And then there's ones that do specialize um, and it's become a niche for them. And there's lots of them. There's lots of brokers. They're not cheap. And, and, apparent, and in my experience, they um, don't actually beyond just clearing shipments through inspection and making it legal for you to bring them in if you're doing a certain dollar amount um beyond that i haven't found them to be very useful as far as helping the fish health along the supply chain meaning like a full water change or or care of the fish it's basically okay they cleared expense they cleared inspection um, so we're going to move them down the airport and send them on. That's basically what, what they're good at. Yeah. Um, Orange Cones, picturing you showing up at the airport in Los Angeles with 15 boxes of fish as your checked baggage. <laughs> well, I hope it's, I hope more than 15 boxes of fish show up. Um, but yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Kids Aquatics, boom, giving me the boss sign. I'm trying to flex, but it's hard at my age. <laughs> Thanks, Kids Aquatics and Exotics for the $5 super chat. Always appreciated. Never required, but Bob, as you know, it does make Brenda super happy. Happy wife, happy life. All right. Kids Aquatics and Exotics. Donald Drew, Dan. Um... So I think this is from Donald Drew is what Kaler's saying. You do anything with crystal shrimp, ever you seek him to decline in a planted tank with crystal red shrimp, CRS. Donald, I'm having a little trouble parsing the second part of the question. I don't know what to decline means. Oh, I think you probably meant dechlorinate. Gotcha. So 
I have done uh, crystal red shrimp in the past and, and actually bred a whole lot of them. Um, and I just used standard dechlorinator. I think at the time it was Amquil probably that I was using, although I can't swear to that. It could have been, it could have been prime. I can't remember well enough to know if it was Anquil or Prime, but I did, I did use a standard dechlorinator uh, with the crystal red shrimp. Um, yeah, so hopefully that answers your question, kind of. <laughs> I used a dechlorinator. I don't remember which one, but it was either Amquil or Seachem Prime. All right. Sorry, chat jumps. So the next one I can see is from... Let's make sure... I'm not skipping anyone. Uh, Stephen Truthseeker, pardon me if it's Stephen. How do I sex five banded barbs? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't think the males develop tubercles. They do have clasps, like hooks that develop on their fin, their, their dorsal fin and maybe their anal fin as well. But I don't think you're gonna be able to see those unless you have a magnifying glass or something. But the males will develop these hooks, kind of claspers, to aid in spawning um, on, their, on their dorsal fin, I believe it was. It might've been the anal fin or both, it's been a while. Um, besides that, off the top of my head, I can't think of a reliable way to sex them. I'm not saying there isn't one. I'm saying I don't know it. Um, is there anyone in chat that has experience with pentazon barbs, the uh, five-banded barb? Um, I believe that's the one. Is it pentazona? Uh, five-banded barb. Hexazona. Oh, yeah. It'd be hexazona, right? Yeah. Let's see. What's the... Oh, no, it is. It is Pentazona. Yeah, I was right. Okay. I think I was right about that. Anyway, if anyone knows how to sex those, could you let uh, Stefan slash Steven know? <laughs> L flowers, one stars. What kind of substrate do you use in your tanks? Mostly none. Um, I, I generally have bare bottom tanks, although I will say about a third of my aquariums probably have fine sand and it's real fine sand. Um, I just use the playground sand from Home Depot um, and put that in there. Next time, though, I'm going to try the, oh, what's that one Bob Steenfot recommends? Is it Lapis Luster? There, there's a different sand that's also small and I, I think fine sand, but it's, it's been pre-washed. So the reason I'd like to use it is because playground sand can be pretty dirty. And if you put quarries in there or something, it'll, or horse face loaches, as they sift through the sand, it'll stir it up and it'll be cloudy for several weeks until it finally clears out of the system. So, um, but I like fine sand. I, I don't put a real thick layer. The only tank that has a thick layer is this. This has a, a few inches of sand in it. Um, never vacuumed it or anything, never had a problem. There's plants in there. There's sand sifters in that tank that help keep it clean and things like that. I like fine sand and I like a, a thin layer, just enough for kind of, it's, it's, it's more, a little bit of aesthetics, but mostly it's so Corydoras, Geophagus, uh, some loaches, Apistos, fish that naturally sift substrate, um, like routinely, like all the time, that's, that's their way of hunting for food. I like to keep them on sand. I know it's not absolutely necessary. 
and I'm not knocking on anyone that doesn't, but you'll see types of behavior and, and stuff in the fish that you wouldn't otherwise. And so I like to give them what they want in nature. There are certain fish that I wouldn't keep without sand. And actually there is one other tank that has quite a bit of sand in it. And it's my horse face loach tank. Those guys burrow like crazy. And so I, I personally don't feel like um, they're complete <laughs> without a good bed of sand because in their natural habitat, that's what they do. They, they burrow in the sand. Anytime they feel threatened, that's their refuge. And so taking their refuge away, I, I think uh, might, might not be a good thing for their long-term health. I know people that do keep them on gravel and things without problems, but they really want sand. So there's a few exceptions, but that's kind of how I deal with substrate. Um, now keep in mind, most of my tanks are for utility. I resell fish and before that I was breeding fish. So when you're breeding, you want to generally a bear tank to raise fry in so you can keep, keep them clean enough to raise large numbers of fry in a tank. Um, and when you're reselling, you want less space for um, organics to build up or um, microbes to hang out and stuff like that, right? So um, that's why I deal with it like that. So I'm not saying it's the best looking, but it works well for what I'm what I'm doing. Danikin Aquatics throwing down 10 bucks. Hey, Danny and Kenny E, good to hear from you. We're excited to hear you speak at Fishtoberfest. Thanks again, brother. I appreciate you. Hey, I'm excited to, to talk at the uh, Portland Aquarium. No, Portland Area Aquarium Society, I think is right. Um, I've never turned down a speaking invitation from a fish club. And uh, it would take a lot for me to do that. I, I want to be there to support the fish clubs. Growing up, they were very important to me. I, I'd be half the fish keeper I was if I hadn't had fish, I was, <laughs> and am. <laughs> Tenses are hard. Um, I'd be half the fish keeper I am if I hadn't had fish clubs. Um, I got to pick the brains of some of the, geez, some of the really well-known experts in the field, um, on down to hobbyists that weren't well-known, but had been doing it forever and knew all the little tricks and tips and if you had a question about a fish and how to breed it, they'd be like, well, when I bred them, this is what happened. And that was awesome. So I'm happy to support the fish clubs. In fact, I, I received a, um, I have a motor city fish club. <laughs> they sent me a t-shirt and I told them I would wear it on the live stream because, Hey, I like free t-shirts and I like them from fish clubs, especially. Um, and then I, I got so busy today that I just forgot. So Motor City, I'm sorry, but I will wear it in the future. It, it just came though. So I really haven't been able to, you know, steam it or anything like that. Um, <laughs> as if I ever steam a t-shirt. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I try to support the fish club, so I'm happy to do it. Lumpy Dog throwing down five bucks. Hey, thanks, Lumpy Dog. Was the low spark of high heel... <laughs> <laughs> was a little spark of high-heeled boys for the OGs. <laughs> we can count on Lumpy Dog to keep things lively. <laughs> hey, David Foster, thank you for the super chat. I, that's funny. Look at this. So I could see it here, but it didn't show up here. That is very strange. 
Usually, like, usually I'm just looking here. So I'm glad I glanced up there. Thank you, David. $20 super chat. That is very generous of you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My spotted Congo puffer seems to be very picky and seems to only eat bloodworms. Do you think it's a bad idea if I move him into my 20-gallon scud breeding tank and let him feast for a bit, or will he kill the entire colony? I'm trying to parse that in my head. Like, I understand it. So I guess what I'm trying to do is figure out the best response here. Um, I guess here's what I would say. How important is your scud breeding colony to you? Um, I don't think a puffer is going to eradicate a whole colony, especially if you have uh, lots of hiding places for the scuds. If there's, I don't know, a gravel bed that they can go burrow down into, or if you put in some really coarse sponges, they can kind of crawl into and be safe and stuff like that. In my experience, once you have scuds in a tank, it's very hard to eradicate them. So um, I have tanks that you've had fish in them for a long time and scuds have been in there for a long time too. And every now and then I'll empty the tank. So I'll run out of fish, I'll sell out or whatever. And it'll be a week or two before the next import comes or before I put fish back in it. And suddenly out of nowhere, I'll see scuds start coming out in small numbers. So it's hard to eradicate the colony. So what I, if I was trying to do this, what I would do is I'd put in a lot of hiding places in the scud colony, um, wait a couple days for everything to settle and then put the puffer in and just keep an eye on that colony. And anytime you're like, Ooh, numbers are getting a little low, then move him back. So that, that's maybe how I would do that. Um, it seems to me, I, I don't know his exact situation, but it, it, is it not an option to remove scuds from the colony and feed him in his tank? Maybe it's like a really nicely planted tank with a deep gravel bed and all that. And, and once they go in there, they just disappear. I don't know, but, or does he just not eat them? That would be so weird to me if I've never found anything that puffers eat quite like scuds. Um, it seems to just trigger something in their <laughs> lizard brain, if you will, like, it seems so instinctual for them to go with them. So if he's not eating scuds already, I, that just surprises the heck out of me. I mean, I believe you if that's what's happening. I think so. I think I'm remembering David some previous conversations. Um, but I'd be surprised if he eradicated your entire colony. That would take some serious doing. That would be difficult. Skipper's Aquarium saying five, uh, for $5. Thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated, never required, but it's super nice when money falls out of the computer screen. That's a lot of super chats tonight, folks. Thank you so much for your generosity. We appreciate it. Every bit does help. We're still in a startup phase, so every bit helps. And um, yeah, just thank you. So I'm going to wait a, a bit, though, Skippers. I'm going to actually wait until um, like about 825 or so to do the second giveaway um, because I don't want... I want to be able to talk about the fish's specific needs before I do that so that uh, no one wins that can't actually take the five-star general. So sometime between now and about 725 or 825, sorry, we'll do the drawing for the first one. Um, not quite yet, though. Let's, let's wait just a little longer. Just a little longer. 
Okay, let's see here. John Locke asking, are there any tank mates suitable for a solo spotted Congo puffer 40-gallon planted tank? So, John, I've never kept um, spotted Congo puffers with anything besides Congo spotted puffers in a, in a big group. That's how I've kept them. And I've never kept them for more than a few months, and they've been small when I've had them. So I don't know long-term how that would go. I suspect it would be okay, but you read mixed information on this. Some places say, they're a community puffer. And other places say, well, they call them a community puffer, but actually, yeah, maybe not. So I'm not really sure because I've never tried it. My puffers right now, the biggest one is about an inch and a half. And there are some Endler's Live Bears in there that I put in there kind of as dithers. is a welcome committee <laughs> to help new fish, you know, feel comfortable. And they aren't bothering the Endler's Live Bears. Now, maybe they will when they get bigger. Um, there's a lot of plants in there that the Endler's can hang out in and, and hide in and dart around if they get chased. So, and that's the only case I know from personal experience where the Congo spotted puffers so far have been fine with some endlers, but beyond that, I really don't know. Um, Preston, John, are you here? If so, could you speak to your experience on this? Um, Preston, John knows Congo spotted puffers a lot better than I do and could probably give you a better answer. I, males. Okay. So I know that supposedly you can keep them together as a group, right? Long-term Congo spotted puffers. But then I hear that males can be really aggressive with each other. So maybe you can only keep females together long-term in a group. I'm, I'm not sure. I've never tried it. Um, and I have read that as adults, they can be pretty darn nippy to other fish. Now, I don't know if that's just fish with long fins. Maybe um, like some of your faster swimming fish with short fins would be fine. I, I just don't know enough. So hopefully Preston John or someone else can respond to that. The only puffers that I've seen kept long-term in a community tank with lots of different other peaceful species of community fish was Amazon puffers. Um, that's, that's the only one I've seen at work for long-term. Not to say it couldn't with the others, but I haven't, I haven't been there when it was tried, if it was tried. So I'm just like reading stuff from the internet. Mountaintop puffer keeper. Speaking of puffers, another good week for puff, puffer fry growth and more intense spawning documented. More fry soon, I'm sure. What are your tips for keeping and feeding the different archer fish on the new site? So this is exciting. So a mountaintop puffer keeper is, is bred a species of pow. Um, I forget, I forget the name of the species, but I don't, it's, you never heard of this one being bred. And maybe it has been, but if it has been before, I haven't heard of it. And it successfully reared a few of them up beyond the danger stage. So when they're first born, they're tiny, tiny and really hard to feed. But Mountaintop Puffer Keeper has got some of them to be big enough to eat baby brine shrimp, which is awesome. So I'm really excited about that. As far as feeding the archer fish that I have, um, the small scale and the Burmese clouded archer fish, they are not picky. They literally will eat anything that will fit in their mouth if it floats. So Hikari Viber Bites, any flakes that I've tried, um, Extreme Flakes, Spirulina Flakes. I'm using Zoomed Spirulina Flakes. So there's a lot of, of fish in there too. It's not like pure Spirulina. I haven't tried that. Um, nano Pellets Until They Sink. Um, Freeze-dried foods are great. Little freeze-dried uh 
scuds and krill and stuff. Um, anything on the surface. I haven't seen them turn down a single food that I've offered them if it's floating on the surface. Once it sinks down a couple inches, they will sometimes learn to go down, but they really want to feed at the surface. So feeding is easy. As far as keeping, I mean, keep a lid because they're jumpers. I haven't found them difficult to keep, honestly. Provided there's a big enough tank, they need some space. Um, I don't do anything special for them. I, I haven't found them delicate or like they need anything specific. The one thing I will say that they'll benefit from is a little floating cover, at least until they get used to the tank and relaxed. Um, like, like new fish or small fish for the archers, I would get a little floating cover. Um, you know, something big enough that they can hang out under it if they get startled or while they're first learning the tank and stuff. But once they settle in and are used to the tank, uh, they're really outgoing. They'll come up and beg for food. They're, they're an easy fish. Yeah. Toad Tamer, I have a question about building a fish room. Cool. But I don't want to monopolize. Oh, no. We can talk about building fish rooms here. Um, can I email you? I know you're a busy person. Yeah, you can email me, dan at dancefish.com. Um, I would ask if you do that, that you give me the information in the email so I can give you an answer. Uh, it's, it's very inefficient when we have to go back and forth three, four times before I even know what the questions are, right? So just, hey, I've got some questions about building a fish room. Give me specifics so I can actually give you meaningful answers on the first email. That would be much appreciated. But we can talk about building a fish room here. Go, go ahead, drop, drop a question or two. Um, yeah, we're all fish geeks here. Elflower one stars. What fish besides corridors catfish are good for 30 gallon tanks? So many. Um, I would say most fish that are two inches or under and are peaceful um, would go fine with corridors catfish in a 30 gallon tank. But there's so many that I need you to help me help you. So if you could let me know what are like a, a few of them that you're wondering about or that you like, or that you're interested in. And then, then I can say like, Oh yeah, those will go greater. Actually, that's one of the few that doesn't go well with Corey's or I uh, guess actually doesn't do well in a 30 gallon tank actually gets larger than we think or something like that. So if you could send me five or six fish that you're wondering about, I could be much more help. Danikin Aquatics saying hello. That must have been pre-super chat. <laughs> John Locke, are there any suitable tank mates for a solo spawn? I, I think I already got that one. Scary Terry, excited to see you and the old Steam Fought partner up. You always have the best selection of rainbows. Yeah, we're... I, I do like rainbows. Um, I've saturated my customer base a bit. We will be getting some more rainbows in next week, but isn't it's not going to be the focus of the shipment, though. So we're... We're kind of going to stick with uh, the greatest hits <laughs> of the rainbows, I guess you would say. Um, but as we partner with, with Steamfot, and we're excited about that because I think Steamfot's a quality affiliate. I think he's an honest person, and if, if we don't do a good job, he'll tell us. Um, if Steamfot tells people something's good or bad, you know that he honestly believes it. He doesn't sell out is I guess what I'm trying to say. 
so we'll get back to the rainbows in a second. There's this issue we have trying to find information, right? And I go through it too. And I'm like, what's the best, like my, my son's about to go on a, a backpacking trip, right? So, okay. What's the best backpacking tent to get? Well, I go on YouTube or I Google it and try to find what people say who have used it. And it's so hard to find reliable information because so many of the people that are reviewing it have been paid to do so um, or somehow benefiting from it. And it, it just seems like they're biased towards giving a good review because either they get money or free products that way or whatever. Right. Now I'm not saying that everyone that gets paid to review stuff or gets free products has that bias. And one of the people that I know doesn't, or he's human, I guess, but if he does, it's as little as a human can have. <laughs> people are biased. We're just, we just are, um, is Bob Steenfot. So I'm glad that he's decided to join us as an affiliate because to me, it means that we actually are doing a good job because I don't think he would affiliate with anyone that wasn't. And it means when he tells people we're doing a good job or if we do a bad job, when he says that, they know that he's not sold out and saying it for that reason, because this is Bob we're talking about. I've seen Bob be brutally honest um, against his interests, I guess you could say. Um, many times throughout throughout this last several years. So I have confidence um, in having him help represent the company. I'm excited about it. So anyway, um, the hope is, since Bob's such a fan of rainbows, that as he um, gets active as an affiliate, maybe new people that don't already know about Dan's Fish and the Rainbows hear about it, and then I can start bringing in some more. But up till now, up at this point, we haven't completely saturated our customer base, but <laughs> with rainbows, but uh, rainbow sales have slowed a bit. So we, we have to be a little careful about that. But Scary Terry, thanks for the comment. I appreciate it. Hey, people are throwing more money at us. Thank you so much for the super chats. Kyle Buckshot or Sot. Sorry. I bet that if that's your last name, I bet that's probably happened to you your entire life. And it's probably getting old by now. Kyle Buckshot. I bought Bolivian Rams from you in a 75 gallon with rocks and microsword, 12 cherry barbs and eight monk tetras. What other fish would go well with them? Good choice, by the way. The, the Bolivian Rams, once they kind of mature and color out, don't believe the pictures. They're, they're better than most of those washed out pictures or the washed out fish you see in the pet store. They're, they're really good looking. Anyway, 75 gallon cherry barbs, monk tetras. I think the only limiting factor there might be the monk tetras because they can be nippy to fish with long fins. So I would avoid like any guppies or anything with long fins. Uh, I probably wouldn't put, it might work, but I'd have a plan B before I put any long fin fish in that tank is what I'm saying. Cause monk tetras can be a little nippy. Okay. So first, let's talk about the surface of the aquarium. Um, I think getting something that hangs right at the surface would help fill out your different levels of the aquarium. There's a few things that do that. Certain killifish will stay at the surface. The, the ones that look like pikes will stay more or less at the surface. These are your Epiplates genus, your Aplicyl, um, sorry, 
yeah, Aplicylus genus, um, and a couple others. So those are an option. Half beaks are a good option if you can find some half beaks. Um, African butterfly fish would probably be okay, depending on the size of your cherry barbs and stuff. If if your cherry barbs and tetras are are quite small, the African butterflies might eat them if they went up right to the surface. But I think it's low probability um, that they would do that, as long as they're decent sized. Um, what else is a true dedicated hive mind? Would you help here? What's a true dedicated surface dweller, a fish that you found that just stays at the surface? Let's, let's get some other ideas here for Kyle. So, okay, that... I don't know about you, but I would probably expand my, my group of cherry barbs in a 75 gallon tank. Um, I might go up to a couple dozen and, the, and you'll still have room for other stuff, but that would just get kind of the, the red of the color palette in there. And the way I like to do tanks, and I'm just telling you my thoughts, everyone does it different, is I like more of the same fish than ones and twos of lots of different species. So I'd probably round out your cherry barbs, maybe round out your monk tetras, find something on the surface and the blooming rams on the bottom. To me, that's how I would approach it. But again, almost any fish two to three inches and under which is peaceful and not too food aggressive would be okay in that tank. Um, by food aggressive, as you probably observed, the Bolivian rams are not fast feeders. And so if they're super food aggressive, it might be hard to, to get them food. But that's my thoughts on that, Kyle. Um, if there's specific fish you're wondering about, let me know here in the chat or if the if, if I don't get to it, send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. If you give me a list of stuff you're interested in, then I can kind of narrow it down with you. There's just, there's so many options in a 75 gallon tank, thousands of options. Kettle's Aquatics throwing down 10 bucks and it's Pippi Longstocking. All right. Thank you so much, <laughs> Bob, for uh, having Pippi cheer me on. <laughs> Best sticker ever. I, I just, thank you. <laughs> Punchy paints. Pam, it's good to see you. I, I hope you're doing well. Oh, Pam's just letting people know to type the at Dan's fish thing. So it turns orange. So if you type the at symbol and then Dan's fish, no spaces between the at and the D on Dan, um, then provided your device lets you, it'll turn bright orange for me and it helps me manage the chat. So I'd appreciate that. Thank you, Punchy Paints, for letting people know to do that. And if you're on a device that is not happening, like you have an Android phone or something, and you type the at symbol and then no space, you start typing Dan's, and a box does not pop up for you to select Dan's fish, that means that device doesn't support that functionality. My Android phone does not support it, so I feel your pain. In that case, would you just let the mods know, hey, I, I can't highlight, here's my question, and, and they can find it and let me know. Okay, that's a way around that limitation. Swamp thing, bagged individual fish from Nigeria, that is truly next level, can't wait until that is the norm, awesome. Yeah, that's where we're going. Um, now, it hasn't happened yet, but the exporter has agreed to do it. And 
I'm really liking this guy. Um, he basically reached out and said, how did everything go? Um, I, I saw your YouTube stuff. I know there were some problems. Let's talk about it. And so I told him what happened and stuff. And he's like, okay, what are the things from your end that you think could be done to mitigate that? And so we talked about all that. And so um, it's going to cost more, but I think, I think we should be able to really help the fish have a good experience. So I'm excited too. And, you know, hopefully he's not just talking. I don't think he is. Um, I've done previous uh, business with this person. So I, I kind of have a sense that he's a good person. Is that AI or Al? I'm going with Al. How big will the archer fish get? What is a good tank mate for the archers? Can they be placed in tanks with rainbows? Yeah. Candy can tetras, orange tetras. So I think archer fish would be an ideal tank mate for rainbow fish. Once the archers learn where the food comes, then they're, they're right, Johnny on the spot with the food, right? So I don't think that the rainbows will outcompete them for the food once they learn the tank. I think they would do just fine. Um, how big do they get? Well, these are, how old are these now? Um, these have got to be a couple years old and the biggest one's going on six inches. I've read different literature that says they can get up to 12 inches, but I've never seen it. And I don't know anyone that has the biggest I'm aware of is closer to eight inches. So there's what you read, right? And then there's actual ex what actually happens in real life. And so I would say you're probably looking at around eight inches. But a couple years old, they're, they're around six inches right now. Kelly Foreman throwing down $9.99. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Lots of super chats tonight. <laughs> this is going to make Brenda so happy when I tell her after the stream. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. I'm not yet saturated with rainbows because I'm getting more tanks because I keep getting more tanks. Yes. Well, three times the number of your current aquariums equals world peace. Um, and, you know, it's a vicious cycle. If you have one, three times you have three, but you got to keep the piece because then you have to get nine and you got to keep the piece still going. So then you need 27. Yeah, it's, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. <laughs> um, we eventually will be able to help with that better, um, Kelly and other people. Frequently, we get people that say, hey, I'm looking for this. Um, and I'll say, I can get that or I can't. Um, or I'll try or whatever. And often the conversation ends with that customer or potential customer saying, would you let me know when you get some? And there's no way to keep track of that right now. Um, there's no way to remember, oh, this person wants this and that person asked for this. It, it's been a year. I finally got it. I'm not going to remember. So one thing that Jonathan and I have discussed is um, once Dancefish 2.0 is released, right now we've, we've released 1.0, right? It's kind of a minimum viable product, although it's a little more than that. It's got, a, it's got some good functionality. But one thing that we will be doing is allowing folks to have a wish list. Um, and also if we're out of stock on something um, to get notified when it comes back in stock, those, those things that people have been wanting for a long time. So, um, I do like to get stuff in though. If, if 10 people have said, Hey, we're looking for this fish, then it's like, Oh, I'm getting that <laughs> right. I need to get that. So yeah. 
But anyway, Kelly Foreman, thank you for the super chat. Thanks for being you. Thanks for being an awesome customer. And uh, thanks for getting more takes, doing your part for world peace, right? <laughs> Flower one stars. What kind of fishes are behind you? Nice tank. So th there's an assortment here. So these are Burmese clouded archer fish up top here, like that guy. These orange and yellow ones are the gold denison barb. So they're a roseline barb, but the gold form of that. And then there's some regular denison barbs as well. Electric blue acara, which is spawned again. There's eggs in that trough in this planter right here. Um, there are some steel blue epistogramma in here, which I don't know if we'll see just because, well, here's one. Can you see this guy above my finger? He's under the plant, so you might not be able to, but that's a, that's a big male right there. And some uh, corridors arcuatus, a skunk corridor. Let's see, am I missing something? Oh, Siamese algae eaters. Oh, and some, um, I think they're L183s. They're the, is it the Starlight Pleco? One of the Starlight Plecos that Mile High Plecos was nice enough to give to me. There's three of those in here. And I do see them frequently, but like they'll probably come out at some points during the stream and graze on the back of the tank, um, kind of in, in this section here and this section here. You might see them occasionally, but they're black and the tank's black, so it might be hard. <laughs> no contrast. Okay, it is 8.13, so let's do the first giveaway. So we're going to do a giveaway for this fish. This is Chromitotilapia guntheri, basically West Africa's version of a geophagus. So think of it as a West African earth eater. Um, I don't have a lot of personal experience with this fish, but... From what I've read and from what I understand, they're supposed to be about the same temperament as geophagus. So a fairly peaceful fish that can go in a community aquarium with other peaceful fish. Um, like you could keep tetras and things with them if, if the tetras were big enough that they didn't easily fit in the fish's mouth, right? Um, so we, we have one of these to give away. It's three to four inches right now. It's the only one I have is the only one I've ever had um, in like my personal collection at least. So I don't know much about it. But we'll do the giveaway for that. There are 77 folks in here and the winner is Cichlid Tube. Awesome. Cichlid Tube, you have won a Chromitotilapia Gunthri. Um, if you would just leave a message saying, I'm here, let us know you're here, whatever, um, so that you can claim it, that would be great. You do have to be present to win the fish. And then we'll, we'll take it from there. So while we are waiting for Cichlid Tube to do that, um, the next giveaway we'll do in a, in a little bit, don't enter yet because it's not, it's not ready yet, is Hemichromus elongatus, the five-star general. Um, and we'll go over them and their special care requirements uh, in a moment. So don't enter to win those until we've talked about their, well, basically their aggression issues. <laughs> they need some anger management classes. Um, all right. I just passed um, Kids Aquatics and Exotics boss and um, what's, there was another one here. Oh, it just jumped on me big time. Sorry. 
Oh, I can't scroll up anymore. Um, anyway, the next one I can see is, see is Stephen Fletcher. How do I know how much BBS to feed a pistol fry? I had my first spawn. Congratulations. Accidental in a quarantine tank. I think that's awesome. <laughs> quarantine tank. Oh, there's babies. And I have one-fourth L hatcheries that take one-eighth of a teaspoon of eggs. I try to split it up, but I don't know what's too much. Okay. It depends on how many fry you have and such. So this is something that, that you just have to get a feel for, to tell you the truth. There's no like, I can't say like this many grams of baby brine shrimp per fry or this, you know what I mean? So um, this is going to be one by experience. What I would do is put a little bit in. I don't know how many fry you have, but I'd put less in than you think you need. Just a little bit. Come back in about 15 minutes and see what's happened. If the baby epistles have bright orange bellies, they've been eating the brine shrimp. Or pink. Some brine shrimp tends to be pink. Um, but orange or pink bellies, they've been eating the baby brine shrimp. If their bellies are full and there's still a ton of baby brine shrimp in the tank, you fed too much, right? If their bellies are full and there's hardly any brine shrimp left, it's going to take them a while to hunt them all down. But And there's still not a ton of brine shrimp there. There's, there's a few. Then you know that, oh, that's about the right amount. If nobody has swollen bellies and most of the brine shrimp are gone, you know you need to feed more. So it's really going to be that. It's going to be um, start with a little bit. You can always feed more, right? So just give them a little bit. See how they do. If they need more, give them a little bit more. And frequency of feeding on small fry is very important. Um, they can't go long periods without eating, just like a human being. Not, not quite the same, but um, <laughs> they need frequent feedings, right? So the other thing is, I don't know your work schedule or, or what the realities of the demands on your time are, but if you can feed up to four times a day, that would be awesome. Now, most people can't. But most people can do a feeding before work, a feeding when they get home from work, and a small feeding before bed. Um, you don't want to feed and then turn the lights out, right? Because they won't eat in the dark. But you can feed like an hour before bedtime. And then maybe you have some cherry shrimp in there or a bunch of snails or something to eat the few brine shrimp that, that die off after the lights go out, right? You have to keep it clean. So that's my, my thoughts, Stephen. I, I can't give you an actual number. Just play it by ear. Try a tiny bit. If they finish it, you can always add more. It's kind of hard to get them all out, though. <laughs> wow. Kevin's Aquatics and Exotics. Bob has thrown down a $50 super chat. Bob, Kayla, thank you so much. Um, oh, wait. Did his pippy have a comment on it? No, I can't see it. I hope not. Did I miss a comment? I don't think I did. Okay, good. $50 super chat with, um, I guess the male version of the Pippi Longstocking cheerleader. <laughs> I think <laughs> either way, Bob, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. You've done so much. Like it's, it's unexpected. Um, large super chats, but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I, I can't talk all the specifics, but I will say that Bob has been 
a massive supporter of this company, Dance Fish, and of, and of me personally too, for a few years now. He's he's an OG customer, an OG member of this, the, the channel. Um, it's been there supporting from the beginning in many, many ways, not not just Super Chats, lots of lots of ways behind the scenes. So, Bob, I appreciate you. I hope you're doing well. Cheers. And, and one day, man, one day we're going to like actually get a meal together and sit down and get to know each other in person. I, I look forward to that. All right. Let's see if I totally forgot about this. <laughs> All right. CichlidTube is here. Awesome. CichlidTube, if you would email me your first name, your last name, and your mailing address, then I would like to send these out to you tomorrow, these, this, this fish out to you tomorrow, and it will arrive to you on Friday. So please send me an email, dan at dancefish.com, first and last name, mailing address, and if mailing out tomorrow for delivery on Friday does not work for you, let me know. But otherwise, that's what I will plan on doing. Okay. It's 8.20. I'm going to wait just a, a minute before we do the next giveaway because I want to do it towards the end so I can give the specific aggression issues of the um, fish their due and talk about it and not have it likely that someone comes on and didn't hear that and then interest to win. Cause I don't want anyone winning this fish that can't deal with, you know, one of the more aggressive cichlids. So this is not like a, like an episto or a crib or, um, a geophagus. These are more like a mabuna, uh, or something like that as far as <laughs> temperament goes. So, Paul Sotero. So, Dan, what's interesting on the availability lists? You will see soon. I have a bunch of interesting stuff coming next week. This is, uh, this is by far the biggest import we've ever done. We'll be getting several species that we've never kept before in. Um, this is a big deal for us, this import that's coming in next week. So, uh, Paul... Pretty soon here, you'll know. Like, we have a lot of really cool stuff coming in. And, and I'll say this. There's a lot of stuff on the list, but very few of it is actually making it. So the last several weeks, I'll order eight, ten boxes, something like that. I'll get one box. Like, so the lists are plentiful. There's plenty of awesome fish on the list. <laughs> but, but what actually arrives, well, that's, that's a different, different story. <laughs> the Zen Ginger. My thread finicars need buddies. What would, would those cichlids be a good tank mate? Google says it could be great, but they have similar behavior. What would you say? Yeah, I think the, the um, chromitid tilapia gunthry, I mean, it's already been one, but I think they would be a good tank mate for thread finicaras. I think I would always have a plan B just because I haven't tried it, but just knowing the temperament of both those fish, it seems like it would be a good match. Um, the reality might be different, but they seem like they get along just fine. Yeah. All right. So yeah, a couple more. Mike's Aquatics and Things. Getting any more lemon tetras in. I'm trying to get the orange lemon tetra. So the the different lemon tetra um, collection point from, from Bolivia that is bright orange in color. I'm trying to get more of those in. I don't think I'll be getting standard lemon tetras in. I could be wrong. 
right now I don't plan to do that. It, it doesn't fit the business plan. Just I have to sell a fish for a minimum of six dollars, even to break even, um, even to break even, <laughs> in order to break even and not lose money. With all the quarantine we do and the medications and all that extra stuff we do, it costs money. And I don't know that many people that would be willing to spend $6 for a lemon tetra. That's the sad reality. So right now our focus is um, fish that we could easily move at a price we don't lose money on. Now, once we get in the warehouse, it'll be a whole new ball game. Um, we have estimates for what things will be, but we don't know exactly what the cost will be in like electricity uh, to run the facility. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that we have estimates for, but until we actually get in there, we won't know. We also have estimates for how hiring more people will impact um, the ability of the, the business to, you know, stay in business, make enough to stay in business. But we don't know exactly how much work can one person do. I've, I've timed myself and I, I have an idea of what to expect, but until we get in there, we don't know for sure. So it might be that we get in the warehouse and we're like, Hey, we can make money on a $4 fish. Or it might be we get in the warehouse and we're like, Nope, we need $8 fish. If we sell fish for less than eight bucks, we can't stay in business. So I'm not quite sure yet long-term um, what that will be. So maybe lemon tetras will be, possible in the future, depending on how those margins and everything break out in reality instead of just on paper. Okay. Day 25. So we're going to do the second giveaway. Um, we just gave away a chromita tilapia gunthry, really uncommon West African earth eating cichlid. Now we're doing the five-star general, really beautiful fish. They're a type of jewel cichlid. So hemichromis is the genus of jewel cichlids. And if you know jewel cichlids, um, they, they're, they're aggressive. Think of like Mabuna or some of your more aggressive Central American cichlids, things like that. So I don't want anyone to enter this, um, giveaway if they, if they can't handle an aggressive fish, but if you have a tank that you can handle an aggressive fish in, or you're like, Hey, I've got a bunch of, I don't know, other aggressive cichlids or or whatever, something you think could go well with them, then feel free to enter the giveaway. Right now, this fish is three to four inches. They'll get five, six inches. And I was going to say hashtag aggressive, but that's hard to spell. So we're gonna, just going to do hashtag mean, M-E-A-N, <laughs> mean fish. There, hashtag mean fish, M-E-A-N-F-I-S-H. Just because hopefully... If anyone's joined since I described the fish, they'll be like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> so we'll give a few minutes for folks that want to um, win a Hemichromis elongatus, the five-star general, a chance to do so. And by, they are amazing fish. They're beautiful. Um, with the right tank mates and the right setup and stuff, they're, they're going to be amazing for somebody. It's just they're, they're not going to do well with your uh, <laughs> with most of your peaceful little community fish. So don't want anyone to accidentally <laughs> wipe out their tank, right? Okay. While we're waiting for that, Stephen P. 2003, Aquartics. Got to watch this guy's videos if you haven't. Give him a try. It's good stuff. It'll entertain for sure. Do you ever bring in Melanotania picta? Kelly Foreman has 
possibly made me change my stocking plans and I'm still not a fully saturated rainbow consumer. Um, I have had picked in the past. I can get them. I don't think I ordered them for the shipment that's coming in next week, um, but I can get them. I like them. I think they're a great fish. Yeah. So that's definitely an option for the future. Um, it would have to wait until the next import from this supplier though. And I don't know how soon that will be, but yes, I can get them. And I have gotten them from the supplier and they did great. So yes. All right, let's see. Okay. We got time for one more here. I just passed Pippi Longstocking. That's how far behind in the chat I am. Wowzer. Stephen Fletcher, thoughts on ICX. I just had my 75-gallon breakout, I think from stress since they got new tank mates, Blood Parrot. Already turned the heat up, but first time trying it with ICX. Okay, so ICX works very well for me, as does Quick Cure. Same active ingredients, same medicine, basically. Um, I never turn the heat up or anything, and I just use the ICX, and it works great. So I would follow the instructions on the bottle. It's always worked fine for me, if it really is ick. Um, sometimes what can present as ick isn't. There's viruses that can present looking like ick. Um, there's some other parasites that can present looking a lot like ick that maybe aren't as susceptible. But my, my bet is most times uh, you'll be fine treating those white spots on a fish with ick X. I like it. I've used it for years. I, I use it or Mardell Quick Cure, whichever is cheapest at the time with good results on both of them. Sure. Okay. It's 829. So let's roll. Everybody's wondering what the hashtag is. Oh, hashtag mean fish. That's how you win. Oh, I didn't say it. You did said mean and then mean fish. I'm cute. sorry. <laughs> oh, I screwed it up. So I'll wait a minute longer guys. The hashtag to enter is mean fish. Hashtag mean fish. So M-E-A-N-F-I-S-H. Mods, I apologize. I probably just made your lives hell for a few minutes. I'm sorry. Um, hashtag mean fish. No spaces. Just M-E-A-N-F-I-S-H. And I'm sorry. I'm glad you're here. I wouldn't have even known. <laughs> so we'll give it another... We'll give it two minutes so folks that wanted to enter and were confused can my bad well it usually is my bad let's be honest <laughs> something goes wrong <laughs> um john Locke is asking any ideas what the best general hardness for congo spotted puffers is i wouldn't worry about it honestly i mean the stanley pool where they come from uh, in the congo is is quite soft but um Oh, am I remembering right? I haven't read those parameters in quite a while. I, if I remember right, it's quite soft, but please don't chase parameters. Um, mine are being kept in very soft water. I've sold them to many customers from all different parameters. Most of them have hard water because they're in the United States. Go figure. Um, and they're doing fine. So I would say if it's within normal aquarium range that most fish do well in, you're probably going to be fine. If you chase parameters, John, it's a, it's a quick way to to really stress out your puffer. And maybe you know that and, and you're a total expert on it and you're like, nope, I'm such an expert that I actually know how to hit parameters and um, maintain them. In that case, I would look up the parameters for Stanley Pool. 
It's a very specific habitat in the Congo region, and it's, it's been well studied, so there's lots of information out there on it if you want to hit something specific. But, but I certainly wouldn't try to do that myself. Let me talk. Nobody has ever seen Bigfoot and Bob Steen fought at the same time. Coincidence? <laughs> no wonder Bob can't find Bigfoot. It's his alter ego. <laughs> when he's all werewolfed out like Bigfoot, he just doesn't remember. Yeah, I, I get it. I see it. Okay, we're going to draw here. This is for a five-star general, a quite um, aggressive cichlid. So if you entered not knowing that, let us know. <laughs> but I'm imagining everyone here knows that. The winner is Posiwi, Posiwi. Congratulations. Thanks for being a subscriber. I appreciate it. You've got a couple minutes to chime in and let us know that you are here. And while we're waiting for you to do that, I'm going to grab one more if I can. I'll keep an eye over here. <laughs> well, I'll try. <laughs> oh, so Paul Soltero is suggesting there are some species of pencil fish for the mid to upper levels of the tank. Thank you, Paul, for chiming in. I believe that's for the question about good uh, tank mates for Bolivian rams. Posiwi is here. Posiwi, congratulations. Would you send me an email, your first and last name, plus your mailing address to dan at dancefish.com. And would you let me know I'm the one that won the five-star general so I don't send you the wrong fish, right? <laughs> I meant to ask the previous winner to do that with the uh, chromated tilapia gun thry, and I forgot. So Posiwi, your first and last name, and your mailing address sent to dan at dancefish.com along with I won the five-star general would be greatly appreciated. I plan to send the fish out to you tomorrow for delivery on Friday of this week. If that does not work for you, let me know in the email. Otherwise, that's what I will do. Okay, thank you. That's a wrap. Mods, again, sorry that I screwed up hashtagging and made it confusing. I, I know what that does to you guys on your end. Sorry about that, <laughs> but we got through it. Anyways, we're going to check out now. Thanks for being here, everybody. Special thank you to my moderators, everyone that threw money at us tonight. Thank you so much. It's always appreciated. It's never required, but we are a startup. And so every little bit of an, that we get to help us stay in business at this stage is very much appreciated. And every little bit truly does make a difference. So thank you so much. Um, everyone that left a question or comment. Oh yeah. Hatchet fish. Thank you. How did I forget? Hatchet fish are great companions in that Bolivian ram tank. And um, I'll be, if, if they aren't listed, I've got several that I've raised up from itty bitties um, for sale uh, by Friday morning. Yeah, just a little plug there. Anyway, everyone left a question or comment. Thank you so much. Um, and for those that I didn't get to your question and comment, I'm sorry, I, I can't get to all of them. If it's something that you're like, no, I really need help on this, send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. We'll help you out. Um, we'll be back same bat time, same bat channel. Not next week, but the following week. Next week, I will be in Los Angeles um, setting up some stuff for business. If you missed that spiel, it's earlier at the beginning of the live stream where I explained that whole thing. It's very exciting. Please listen to it. I think it's going to make a real difference, and it's a cool thing that's happening. But we'll be out of town traveling Wednesday of next week, but we'll be back the following with an awesome giveaway. Um, Hail the Lurker Nation. If you're watching on the replay, thanks for being here. And until next time, I hope everyone does well. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks. Um, bye bye.